This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. Six minutes past nine o'clock here in Western North Carolina. Welcome to a Monday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio. September the 18th, 2023. Going to be an amazing week here uh, in the mountains of North Carolina. It's supposed to be the rain. Uh, we had some rain over the weekend, but it's supposed to be beautiful. Temps in just in the 70s. It was 49 degrees, got up this morning, nice little nip in the air, uh, reminding that uh, I think fall starts this week, does it not? I think like the 20th or the 21st. So uh, we are there, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I love the spring. Love the Don't get me wrong. I like the summer because I love to grow things, the garden and all that kind of stuff, but the spring and the fall are my two favorite times of the year. All right, lots to get to in the sports world. Obviously, a huge NFL uh, Sunday. Lots of uh, baseball and playoff implications in games. Um, so we'll get to all that coming up in a minute. But just a, a weird story uh, that broke over the weekend. Mike Babcock, who was hired two months ago to be the new coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets in the NHL, Um resigned yesterday uh, he was kind of under the microscope he had uh, uh, as he was getting to know his new players uh, the word is it came down is that he as he had individual meetings with players he wanted to see their phones he asked to see their phones because he wanted to see the pictures that were on their phones so he could get to know the people that, or you know, the, the the people that were going to be playing for him. I, I mean, I guess on the face of it, it sounds innocuous, but at the same time, it's it is kind of an invasion of privacy when you think about it. You know, my first thing was, oh, all right, well, I mean, I don't have anything on my phone to hide, and I would think most people don't. But at the same time, you know, maybe maybe you got naked pictures of your your significant other on there, or whatever, uh, you know. And so, a, a few of the players complained to the NHL Players Association, who opened up an investigation about the whole thing. Um, and I think it just got to be too much. Uh, Columbus announced uh, that he had resigned. Uh, this was a case, I'm sure, of, hey, look, um, you need to resign or we're going to fire you because we just don't need the heat. Uh, a couple of the players, by the way, uh, some of the leaders on the team had come out and said they didn't think it was a big deal. They thought it was kind of a unique way. And he said, you know, that Babcock actually pulled out his phone and was showing him family photos of his family just to kind of, you know, kind of compare things. And, you know, so he didn't think it was a big deal, uh, a couple of the players. But 
obviously the Players Association did. So Babcock, who won a Stanley Cup with Detroit back in 2008, a guy who has a couple of gold medals in the Olympics, uh, is now without a job. This is the second time he has been fired in the NHL. He got fired from Toronto uh, back in 2019, and that was because he had asked one of his players to rank his teammates from hardest to the least hardest working, and then he took that list that the guy made for him and shared it with the rest of the team. I don't know if he threw the guy under the bus that said that uh, that that made this list, but he still shared it with the rest of the team, which uh, when that word got out, Toronto just let him go. So now you wonder, this guy's probably never going to coach in the NHL again. You know, uh, the second time you've been fired and has been getting fired for stupid things. It's not for wins and losses. When you get fired for dumb things like this, uh, you're probably not coming back and leaving. Just a bizarre, bizarre thing. Uh, and uh, so, uh, you know, not what the NHL needed is they get ready to, to ramp up training camps. They've already signed his replacement, which tells you that they already had this in mind and said, you know, uh, resign or get fired. Uh, so, uh, you know, it sounds like that, uh, that this was a done deal. So, uh, you know, and, and now, uh, you know, the owner's under fire as well. The general manager's under fire as well. Uh, so we'll see, um, you know, how this shakes out. But for now, uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, will have a new coach, uh, coming into the new season and the coach that they had hired prior to that <laughs> didn't didn't even get to coach a game. Pascal Vincent by the way has been named a new coach for the Blue Jackets was given a 2-year contract so uh he will take over for Babcock. All right, let's get to football yesterday. Let's start with the Sunday night game, uh the Patriot game. Playing the Miami Dolphins, the Patriots dug themselves another hole for the second straight week after falling behind Last week to the Philadelphia Eagles, 16 to nothing. They did it again this week. Uh, they fell behind the Dolphins early. It was uh, 10 nothing in the second quarter, and then it was 17 to three at halftime. Patriots had just 116 yards of offense in the first half. Um, and the most uh, the disappointing part to me was that this was a dolphin team that last week gave up over 200 yards on the ground to the chargers chargers ran them ragged right the patriots had just 88 yards rushing they averaged just three and a half yards a carry now look their offensive line is a mess uh trent brown was out uh, Sal was out. Um, you know, they just—it's uh, it, a—it's a bunch of guys that have not played together. Um, and when you uh, was back, Cole Strange was in there, but it just—they just, they just uh, too many holes to fill on that offensive line, and you know, don't underestimate um, how important it is for a, a group like that to play together, know what they're going to do, and, and and so that really hurt them last night. 
Uh, the other thing that hurt is, look, Mac Jones wasn't great. Was he awful last night? No, I wouldn't say he was awful. But he couldn't hit his targets downfield. He finished 13 of 42 or 31 of 42 for 231 yards. Had a touchdown. Also threw an interception. He got sacked four times. Most of that's not his fault. Um, the problem was is that, you know, on short passes, he was great. And, you know, we saw that in his, um, you know, the last couple of years that, you know, when they throw the underneath stuff, he's okay. He was 26 of 27 on these little dink and dunk passes, right? Um, but on the throws over 10 yards, she was – or he was 5 of 15 with an interception. So – I don't know if it was a step back, but it was disappointing. I think they expected him to be better. But to me, the fact that Ramondre Stevenson uh, couldn't get anything going on the ground was disappointing. Uh, Zeke Elliott was a non-factor in this game. Five carries for 13 yards. Didn't catch a pass. He was the invisible man. And, you know, so you start to now two games into Zeke Elliott being with the Patriots, you're starting to see why the Cowboys didn't want to bring him back. That, you know, and and some people think he's still got a lot left in the tank. You have to start to wonder. It's only two games. You don't want to get carried away. Um, But the other part that was disappointing last night was the Patriot defense. Um, You know, look, the one thing they did do, give them credit for the fact that they limited deep throws. You know, we didn't have, you know, uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, you know, catching, you know, 80-yard passes. The longest pass that the Dolphins completed all night was 32 yards. So that's a positive. The longest pass that Tyreek Hill caught was 15 yards. After having over 200 yards receiving last week, he had five catches for 40 yards. Um so, from that standpoint, the defense was successful. However, uh, Mostert ran all over him, 121 yards. They couldn't get to Tua. He only, they only sacked him once the entire game. You know, And was Tua great? Nope. Good game manager is what he did. 21 of 30, 249 yards. He did have a pick, uh, one touchdown. Um, so, he did enough. But the Patriots just too many mistakes – and and they still had a chance to perhaps win this game, a, a great interception late in the game by Christian Gonzalez, the rookie, um, a blocked field goal. You know they gave themselves an opportunity. They were driving. They got the ball down the field late in the game. They were a, a fourth and four on the Dolphins' thirty-three. Uh, Jones completed his little dink pass. Uh, to his tight end, Mike Gesicki, and he got bottled up. And I give Gesicki a lot of credit. He, uh, As he was like being brought down by a couple of players, he turned, spun, lateraled the ball backwards to an offensive lineman, Cole Strange, who had to be the most surprised guy in the building, caught the damn thing and actually ran forward and appeared to have the first down. And then when they looked at it um, – they saw that his knee touched down. They ruled that his knee touched down just short of the line to gain. And I'm still not 100% convinced that he didn't make it. 
I thought it was a that you know the the referees said that he made it, and then they overturned it on the review. I'm still not a hundred percent sure, but you know it's one of those. What are you going to do? Right? I mean, you can't. It's hard to argue with it. You looked at it and you saw that it was close, but what a heads up play! So they still had an opportunity late in the game to at least get it into overtime, um, but look, the Patriots are zero two. They've lost both games at home. First time they have been 0-2 since 20, uh, 2001. So, you know, look, uh, and as you heard uh, Dan Zampano tell us on the air last Friday, teams that start the season 0-2 historically have an 11 percent chance of making the playoffs and when you look at this schedule for the Patriots you begin to wonder how many games they're going to win now look next week to me next week is the Patriots season and I know it's only game three but I'm telling you right now if the Patriots play the Jets in New Jersey next week and lose that game to the Jets with Zach Wilson as the quarterback, not Aaron Rodgers, if they lose that game, their season is over. I mean, put a fork in them. Because after that, they've got to play at Dallas. They've got an improved New Orleans team. they got Vegas, which you know you figure could go either way, but then they've got to play Buffalo. And Miami, I mean, you look at this schedule, it is not easy. They still have the Chiefs on the schedule. They have Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh. You know, they've got a couple of games in there. You say, well, the Commanders should be a win, but the Commanders are 2-0 in Washington. And so um, next week is it. I'm, I'm fully convinced of that. If it's, if it's, uh, if it's 0-3 in week three, with the Dallas Cowboys, your week four opponent, you're done. So, uh, disappointing ending. Um, you know, you like the fight back. You like the, you know, you. I, I like the fact that uh, uh, Christian Gonzalez, the rookie, had the interception. You like the block field goal. You know, you like some of the things you saw later, but you cannot continually dig yourself a hole. So, uh, that was game number one. The game of uh, huge interest down here in Western North Carolina was the Atlanta Falcons game because uh, uh, down here you either root pretty much for the uh, the Falcons or the uh, the Carolina Panthers, by and large. And the Falcons took on the Green Bay Packers yesterday. And, look, i got to be honest, I didn't think that the Falcons had a chance. I really didn't. I thought Jordan Love played pretty well week one. I thought that they would come in here and uh, uh, they would beat Atlanta. And But what do I know? The Falcons with a field goal with a minute left by uh, Young Ho Koo, a 25-yard field goal, take the lead, and they beat the Green Bay Packers 25-24. They outscored Green Bay 13 to nothing in the fourth quarter. And Jordan Love was good. 
You know, I mean, was he great? No, but he was good enough. You like his percentage to be a little bit higher, but he's 14 of 25, three touchdowns, no picks, got sacked once. Quarterback rating of 113. But the Green Bay defense gave up 446 yards to this Falcon team. Bijan Robinson, who was taken as the number eight overall pick in the latest draft, 124 yards on 19 carries, uh, four catches for 48 yards. Have yourself a day, young man. Um, and you know, it, it's it. You look at the quarterback Ritter. You say, well, you know, again, was he spectacular? No. 19 of 32, 237 yards, but he only got sacked once. Did enough. Ran for a score. Had 10 carries for 39 yards. Average four yards a carry. That's better than the Patriots did against the Miami Dolphins. But he scores a touchdown early in the fourth quarter, and uh, then that uh, offense does enough to get a couple of field goals late. And the uh, the Falcons end up winning twenty five to twenty four. The Falcons start their season two and zero. They've got a tough one next week. They've got to go to Detroit. Um, if they beat Detroit and go three and zero, it'd be just the seventh time in the fifty eight year history of the Falcons that they start three and zero. The Packers stay in the NFC South next week. Uh, they have their home opener uh, against the New Orleans Saints. But uh, that was a surprise one yesterday. The other team uh, that a lot of people like to pay attention to down here, the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, they were awful. Trevor Lawrence uh, couldn't make the big plays yesterday. Patrick Mahomes, you know, uh, better than he was in week one. Threw for 305 yards, a couple of touchdowns. But they made too many mistakes, including the fact that Kansas City got flagged 12 times. 12 penalties for 94 yards. So a lot of the the problems that the Chiefs had in this game were self-inflicted. You just, you can't, they lost, they lost two fumbles, they threw an interception, and 12 penalties for 94 yards. Despite that, Jacksonville could do absolutely nothing. Um, Trevor Lawrence finished, you know, as I said, 216 yards passing, but got sacked four times. Their running game was invisible. Uh, ATN with uh, 12 carries for 40 yards, just not able to get much going. And look, uh, the, the, the Chiefs got Travis Kelsey back. You know, and he had a modest day, four catches, 26 yards. He did have a touchdown reception. Uh, the difference in this one, though, uh, was getting back Chris Jones. That was absolutely huge for the Chiefs in this one. You know, after holding out, getting a some uh, incentives added to his contract, he was a one-man wrecking crew. He personally stopped, I think, three drives by this Jaguar team. So um, the Chiefs bounce back after that loss from Detroit. Not necessarily a surprise simply because they got all their personnel back. 
Um, another big surprise. The Tampa Bay Bucks are 2-0, and but not just that they're 2-0. and I mean, look, they played the Chicago Bears, so we can't get too excited. But if you are a Bucks fan, um, you know, maybe you need to be a little excited that Baker Mayfield is your quarterback. Two games does not a season make, but Baker Mayfield yesterday, 26 of 34 for over 300 yards, a touchdown, no picks, didn't get sacked, uh, was pretty good. I mean, you know, this is a guy who is 28 years old. This is his last chance, I think, you know, after, uh, you know, his first few years with Cleveland, underwhelming, goes to Carolina, underwhelming, went to the Rams, had uh, a decent half (laughs) in a couple of games for the Rams, but all of a sudden, He's got to resurge it. Now, it doesn't hurt when you can throw the ball to Mike Evans. Mike Evans, six catches, 171 yards, well, 70 of them on one reception. But that's, you know, that's a good that's a good safety valve to have. And to have a guy like Chris Godwin, another 60 yards receiving. So, uh, Baker Mayfield off to a great start. Justin Fields, eh, not so much. Six sacks this week. Threw a couple of picks. You know, and the questions continue to pile up whether Justin Fields is going to be that guy. And, you know, give Tampa a lot of credit as well. They did a good job of uh, bottling up the run game for the Chicago Bears as well, especially Fields. Kept him in the pocket. He only had four rushing attempts for three yards. So they did a really, really good job on him. The Bears uh, get to play the Chiefs next week. Good luck. Uh, the Bucks to go 3-0. and well, they get to host the Philadelphia Eagles next Monday night. So 3-0 and may not be in their, uh, in their future, but if they continue to get quarterback play from, from Baker Mayfield the way they have the first couple of weeks, um, this Tampa team will be a factor, at least in the NFC South. I don't want to get carried away and say <laughs> they're, they're going to you know, do anything in the, in, the, in the division or, I mean, in the, in the NFC because you've got the Eagles. And you got the 49ers. Um, but that NFC South is weak. You know, the Falcons are 2-0. and So are the Bucs. Uh, we'll see what the Saints do tonight after winning last week. The Panthers are awful. Um, so, you know, you continue to get quarterback play like that, and the Bucs could at least get themselves uh, into the playoffs with another NFC South title. We'll have to see what happens with that. Uh, the Titans bounce back. And the Chargers, the Chargers, oh, my God, it's the the Chargers lose to the Tennessee Titans uh, 27-24. Nick Folk, former New England Patriot, kicks a a 41-yard field goal uh, midway through the overtime period, and the Titans win it. The Chargers have now lost five games under Brandon Staley, their head coach, when leading by 10 points or more. The only other team that has more than that since 2021 is uh, Baltimore. But five times this team has had leads of 10 points or more and lost a game. And Tennessee last week 
was awful. They needed this in the worst way, and I, you know, you got to feel good for Ryan Tannehill. Did he have a great day? Pretty, pretty good. Twenty of twenty-four, two hundred forty-six yards, a touchdown, no picks. He did get sacked five times. That's no fault of his own. It doesn't hurt to have Derrick Henry, eighty yards, touchdown reception. Tannehill ran for a touchdown as well. Um, you know, look, this was a huge game for Ryan Tannehill. That that game last week was the worst game of his career. So, uh, you know, good for him. Good for him. Uh, the Titans get to play Cleveland in Cleveland next week. The Chargers uh, have are on the road again. They will play at the Minnesota Vikings, but a good bounce-back game for the Tennessee Titans last night. It is 30 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It's 32 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the wake-up call here on a Monday morning. You know, I was just thinking uh, on the break and talking about the fact that the uh, the Chargers have blown uh, so many games where they've had leads of 10 points or more. You have to wonder, and I know, I know, you know, you, they say you don't want to overreact about week one, and, and I would think you don't want to overreact about week two, but uh, you have to wonder if – that team goes to Minnesota this week and loses again, and they are 0-3. And, and it looks like it's going to be another disappointing season for the Chargers. And haven't they all been? As, as a guy who rooted for that team for so long until they got greedy and uh, tried to hold the city of San Diego hostage, um, and, and I saw a lot of suffering, um, you have to wonder if Brandon Staley's job is in trouble. If they're zero and three, and the way your your you know your your first three games have gone, you, you just have to wonder. You know, I mean, he might be the first coach to get fired this year. He might. Um, and, and you know, I I could I could be wrong, but at some point, if you're the ownership of the Chargers, you have to get tired of seeing this when you have a quarterback with the talent. Of Herbert, you know, and you've got some, uh, you know, you've got Eckler, great running back. You know, you've got weapons. Uh, Keenan Allen, when he's healthy, had a couple of touchdown receptions this week. You, you look at that talent and you just say, you know, what are we doing? What are we doing? So uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Seahawks pull off one. Uh, they come back to beat the Lions. Um, Tyler Lockett. Catches a touchdown pass from uh, Geno Smith. Geno Smith, a good game this week. Another uh, guy who needed a bounce back. 328 yards, couple of touchdowns, no picks. Only got sacked once. Uh, Jared Goff, by the way, uh, was better. Although he did throw an interception. But Jared Goff threw for 323 yards, had a quarterback rating of almost 122. Um, but he threw an interception. He went uh, 28 for 35, right? Uh, but the pick that he threw was a killer. But it was his first interception in 383 attempts. That was only 30 uh, attempts away from Aaron Rodgers, who has the NFL record. 383 attempts without a pick. It's pretty impressive. Uh, But uh, uh, Riley Patterson tied the game up uh, for the the, uh, Lions, 
with a 38-yard field goal as time expired to send it into the overtime. But uh, uh, Geno Smith with the touchdown reception and the the Seattle Seahawks bounce back, get the win, and they beat the Detroit Lions. Talk about bouncing back, by the way. The uh, Giants looked like they were headed not just for 0-2, but just total embarrassment. Think about this. They got beat last week 40 to nothing, right, by Dallas. At halftime of the game yesterday, they were down 20 to nothing. So the start of your season, you get outscored 60 to nothing. Um, That's one of the worst performances to start a season in NFL history. They said, I, uh, I read that it's the third most points given up before scoring in the NFL since 1950. In 78, the Colts gave up 86 points before they got their first score, and then the 61 Raiders gave up 99 before they finally scored. That's how bad the start of this season was for the New York Giants. But then the offense woke up, and they outscored Arizona in the second half 31-8. to Daniel Jones throws for 321 yards, a couple of touchdowns, and Graham Gano with a 34-yard field goal with 19 seconds left. And the Giants uh, salvage some pride, and they come back to beat a not-good Cardinal team. Uh, uh, Saquon Barkley only ran for 63 yards, but uh, had a touchdown at the start of the fourth quarter, kind of – finish things off. Daniel Jones ran for 59 yards, so he threw for 321, ran for 59, uh, accounted for three touchdowns, two passing, one rushing. Uh, the Giants, though, uh, get to play at San Francisco next week. And the Cardinals get to play Dallas. I don't think either, I don't think either one of those teams are going to fare very well next week. 49ers beat the Rams uh, kind of as expected. It was probably a little bit more of a struggle than people thought it was going to be. Uh, Brock Purdy was not great yesterday. Didn't throw any interceptions. Didn't throw any touchdowns. He was, I mean, he managed the game, but he wasn't great. Uh, Christian McCaffrey ran for 116 yards. Debo Samuel a lot more involved in the offense this week than he was last week. 38 yards rushing and a touchdown. Uh, he caught six six balls for 63 yards. Um, and they did enough. They did enough. Uh, Matthew Stafford uh, threw the ball 55 times for the Rams, 307 yards, but he threw a couple of picks. Uh, and uh, uh, the, the story of this game, and it was in a losing effort, but, man, how about the, the, the rookie receiver, Puka Nakua, for the Rams? He caught 15 passes for 147 yards. This guy was a fifth-round pick. That is uh, a record for receptions by a rookie. He's got 25 catches in his first two games. How about that? Kid's pretty good. Kid's pretty good. But the San Francisco 49ers move to uh, uh, 1-1 as they knock off the Rams. 30-23. 30-23. to 23. Uh, The Rams play at the Bengals. Boy, talk about a team that is searching. The Bengals uh, are 0-2, and 
it's a bad-looking 0-2. And a lot of people are concerned about the health of Joe Burrow. Um, you know, Burrow was, again, so-so. You know, he he threw a couple of inter, uh, a couple of touchdowns, but he also threw an interception. T. Higgins uh, caught a four-yard pass with three minutes to go to kind of make it look a little better than it was. Uh, the Ravens uh, had a 27-17 lead. They win this one 27-24. Uh, but the Bengals, a team that a lot of people thought were going to be contenders uh, for the AFC this season, along with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and, well, of course, the Jets, but that's not going to happen anymore. Uh, so we'll have to see, but that was a uh, uh, a rough one. You know, Burrow was better than he was in in week one. Um, but he said that he tweaked his calf. And, of course, you know, that's been a problem for him. Uh, he was limping uh, at the end of the game. And they're going to have to see what happens. I mean, don't be, he probably won't practice this week. They are going to baby him like nobody's business, but if he's injured, this Bengals team is in big, big trouble. How about the Washington Commanders? Commanders win 35-33 uh, over the Denver Broncos. Broncos almost pulled this one off. You know, how many times do you watch an NFL game or a college game? At the end of the game, the clock is winding down, and, you know, they, they throw a Hail Mary pass, and, you know, it always gets knocked down. Well, it didn't get knocked down yesterday. Uh, pretty amazing. Um Brandon Johnson catches a 50-yard Hail Mary pass. It went off of like about four people before it lands in Johnson's hands. And uh, they cut the lead to two, and uh, Denver goes for it, a uh, two-point conversion. They don't convert. Now, it looked like there was a penalty, If you're, if you're, to be honest. But it looked like uh, uh, Benjamin St. Just looked like um, he committed pass interference on the two-point play. They didn't call it. And uh, he was trying to. They were trying to get the ball to Cortland Sutton. Sutton Sutton talk much. Uh, and uh, the Commanders hang on uh, to go to two and zero. How about that? Um, that's the first time, by the way, that uh, the Broncos have lost back-to-back home games in a long, long time. Uh, Sean Payton, who said all kinds of things about the previous coaching staff and was uh, very bold and. Uh, some of the statements that he made kind of looks like an idiot right now <laughs> with their 0-2 start. Uh, Russell Wilson threw three touchdown passes. Great, but got sacked seven times. Uh, 308 yards, three touchdowns, and interception got sacked seven times. Ouch. Uh, the Commanders play Buffalo next week, so 3-0 and is out of the question. The Broncos visit uh, Miami next week, uh, 0-3 is looking likely. Um, just uh, just, just ugly. Uh, the Jets. The Jets did what pretty much everybody expected. Dallas beats them 30-10. to 10. Look, uh, here's the thing. If you are the New York Jets and Zach Wilson is your quarterback, you cannot play from behind. You just cannot. Uh, because Zach Wilson is not geared to win a game. You have to hope he can control the game. And yesterday he was about out of, as out of control as you can get. Three picks. Threw for just 107, 12 of 27. Quarterback rating of 38. 
Dak Prescott did a good job, took care of the football, threw for 255 yards, a couple of touchdowns. Uh, Pollard ran for 72 yards. CeeDee Lamb, big game, 11 catches, 143 yards. Uh, Dallas Cowboys right now, best team in football. Now, I, I know you have to I, – I, you know, I, you have to couch that probably a little bit with the fact of they play the Giants, they play the Jets, you can't get too excited. But when you watch this Dallas team, they are very, very good. I think right now, if uh, and I'm sure, I'm sure Dan Zampano, uh, our NFL guy, will have his uh, his uh, power rankings coming out probably this week. But it, to me, right now, it's hard to say that the Cowboys aren't the best team. You know, uh, again, I know it's the Jets and the Giants, but that team is just clicking right now. Uh, a couple of uh, Monday Night Football games tonight. Uh, one of them is on ESPN2, I believe, or ESPN, and the other one is on ABC. 7-15 start New Orleans at Carolina. Uh, that one liable to, liable to be a snoozer. And uh, the Cleveland Browns at Pittsburgh, that's the 8-15 game. That one I am looking forward uh, to watching. Uh, Pittsburgh needs a bounce-back game uh, in that one like nobody's business. It is 44 minutes past. Yeah, we're going to take one more break. We'll talk about some baseball. And the wild card races, when we come back, you're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 46 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to The Wake Up Call. So the Red Sox go into the weekend um, or, or the last week figuring, okay, look, our, our playoff chances are over. We've got a chance to play spoiler. Uh, so they go to Toronto this week trying to figure out you know, ways to maybe spoil the party for the Toronto Blue Jays. The Red Sox lost three games this week where they got outstanding pitching, and yet they lose all three games. Yesterday was just the kind of the capper. Uh, Rafi Devers, down to his last strike, down 2-1 to one in the game, hits an opposite field home run. Red Sox tie it up. You go to the bottom of the night, say, hey, great. You know, they're showing some, some spunk. They showed it the day before. They showed it the day before that. Uh, three batters later, game is over. Garrett Whitlock, who is, you know, had some injuries this year, has not been anywhere near as effective as he was last year, especially since coming off the injury. Uh, it's been batting practice a lot. Uh, Matt Chapman, a triple with one out and uh, scores the winning run as Kevin Biggio comes around from first base and the Blue Jays win the game 3-2. to two. The Red Sox lose all three games in this series. And every one of them was a winnable game. And every one of them, they got good pitching. Look, uh, Nick Pavetta started yesterday, went pitched into the seventh inning, six and a third, gave up two runs, struck out six, didn't walk anybody. You can't ask for any more than that. You know, you can't. Um, you know, they got a, a really good start from Chris Sale this week, you know, over the weekend. You got to win that game. You know, but the bats were silent. The Red Sox in that series, that three-game series over the weekend against Toronto, were 3-for-33 with runners in scoring position. They scored in only four of the 31 innings the entire weekend. Uh, last eight games, they're hitting 103 with runners in scoring position. It's just brutal. Just brutal. Sox have now lost 10 of their last 15, two games below 500, back in last place, and just it can't get over fast enough. Um, 
The Orioles beat the Blue Jays yesterday 5-4. to four. And uh, with that win, uh, the Orioles have clinched a playoff spot. Uh, the Blue Jays, I mean, the, uh, the Rays did as well. Um, but that was because uh, a Cleveland win over Texas uh, guaranteed that the Rays will make it as well. But the Orioles uh, beat the Rays yesterday 5-4. to four. A sacrifice fly by Cedric Mullins in the bottom of the 11th inning gives the Orioles uh, the victory in this one. Uh, good for them. I Look, they're a great story. Um, they're one of my favorite stories of the last couple of years. A team that, you know, they were ready to fire their manager. You know, it was just a, a dumpster fire. They had lost 100 games like two or three years in a row. And now here they are in the playoffs Two-game lead in the American League East, whether or not they end up winning the division title or not, um, I guess is irrelevant. If it's, I mean, if you're, if however, if you're the Orioles, you want to win that because it's one less series that you have to play. Um, but uh, they are just a great, great story. And if, if you're not rooting for them, uh, there's something wrong with you. Look, they've got a. There's no question they have a tough schedule down the stretch. So whether or not they can stay ahead of Tampa. Uh, we'll see. They have to play three games at Houston starting tonight, uh, and then they've got four at Cleveland. And, uh, you know, look, you think Cleveland's not invested in the season be- just because they, they're not going to win the division? They beat the uh, Rangers yesterday 9-2. to So Cleveland's still got, a, you know, a little pop. And uh, so I don't know whether the Orioles are going to be able to stay ahead of them or not. I mean, they've got to they've got to go down. Now, you know, the good news for them is Texas is reeling a little bit. Texas has lost three games in a row. They're a game and a half behind Houston now in the West. And uh, in the wild card race, they are currently in third position, but they are only one game ahead of the Seattle Mariners. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. But uh, uh, the Rangers play the Red Sox starting tonight. Jordan Montgomery is going to face Cutter Crawford in that three-game series. It's their final homestand of the season. They will finish the season on the road. Uh, and uh, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays have today off, but then they get to play the Angels. By the way, uh, with the Angels, Shohei Otani has been shut down for the rest of the year. They have cleared out his locker. Uh, word is, is that he's actually been spotted in Japan. He is going to get elbow surgery. It is going to be fascinating to see how that affects his free agent market coming up here in the offseason. You know, and, and by the way, the Red Sox have been somehow, I, and I don't know that I see this, but somehow the Red Sox have been linked to Otani that he may have interest in coming to Boston. I Look, if he's interested in coming to Boston and you're the Red Sox, you have to at least kick the tires. I don't know what the hell they do with him because they've got a logjam in the outfield with these young players. Um, they've got Masa Yoshida, who they signed from Japan, who is probably better as a DH than he is an outfielder. But Shohei Otani doesn't play the outfield anymore, so he's got a DH. So you end up with a couple of DH. I don't know. So I don't know how that works, but if you have a chance to get him, you know he's not going to be able to pitch next year if he gets Tommy John surgery. But he probably will be able to hit. I mean, look what happened with uh, uh, Bryce Harper. They're not letting him play the outfield after his Tommy John surgery. But he's hitting, and he's hitting well, and he's playing a little bit of first base. So 
you know, we'll see. But if you're the Red Sox, you got to at least look at it. I just I, I don't see it. I don't see it. And if you're the Red Sox, you need more than Shohei Otani. The money that you could that you would have to spend to get a guy like Otani, you could do, get two or three players that could help you for that kind of money. Just my opinion. You know, I'm not again. I'm not saying don't try. If he's interested, I mean, you got to try because you look like an idiot if you don't. But I'm not sure that is the best investment of money for the Red Sox at this time. Uh, college football, the AP Top 25 poll comes out. Uh, Georgia stays number one. 57 of the uh, 59 first-place votes go to Georgia. Michigan, number two. They get the other two first-place votes. Uh, Texas, uh, number three. Florida uh, State is number four. And uh, actually, I take that back. There were 63 first-place votes. Texas got three, and uh, Florida State got one. Uh, but Alabama, out of the top ten for the first time since 2015. And that's after winning. <laughs> but uh, they were uh, uninspiring. 17-3 to three over South Florida. Uh, that was the – by the way uh, – that, that was the first time since 2007 that Alabama has failed to score at least 20 points in a game against a non-Power 5 conference. 17 points. They have a big quarterback problem uh, in Alabama. Uh, Ohio State 6, Penn State 7, Washington 8, Notre Dame is 9, and Oregon is 10. Oregon's next opponent, by the way, Colorado Buffaloes and Deion Sanders. Did, I, did you watch that game? This weekend it was it's it was a ten o'clock start between Colorado and Colorado State. Um, it was an old fashioned brawl, penalties all over the place, late hits, cheap shots. Um, but it was a good game. It was a good game, and um, I'll say this, you know, say what you I mean. Sanders has those guys ready to play, but I'll tell you what. His two boys, his sons, they are really, really talented. Um, uh, a lot of people think, or uh, actually Mel Kuyper has already said that uh, Shadur Sanders is going to be the uh, number one uh, quarterback prospect coming out in the uh, 2025 draft. I mean, you know, we'll see. But both his boys, uh, his boy Dion Jr. with <laughs> an interception return for a touchdown. I mean, but what a great game. And uh they end up ends up going into overtime. Colorado wins it, but Colorado now number nineteen will take on number ten Oregon this week. That should be a lot of fun. That's going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Wake Up Call. Hey, it's Frankie Valley's birthday today. He is eighty three years old. So on our way out, here's a little Frankie Valley in the fourth season. It's called Let's Hang On. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. <laughs> 